Hello, I'm Frank Turner. Welcome to Tales from No Man's Land, a podcast that accompanies my album, No Man's Land. It's about 13 women from history who you probably haven't heard of, but definitely should have. Their stories are fascinating, moving, funny, and most importantly, worth celebrating and sharing. Dora Hand was a singer. Welcome back to the podcast. This episode is about the extraordinary life and the tragic death of Dora Hand. Dressed in black, she was a classic beauty. I came across Dora's story while I was reading about the history of the American West, and I couldn't quite believe that no one had written a song about her already. She ended up down in Dodge City. It was a cow town, dry and There's something Shakespearean about the story of her life and the way that she died, accidentally, at the hands of a man who was in love with her and was trying to actually kill her other actual lover, his rival. The cowboys loved her, and she quickly rose to fame. Dora was a vaudeville singer. She was a star, a local legend, in the salons of a wild west town called Dodge City, which was in Kansas and still is, but she was famous in the late 1800s, at which point in time Dodge City was a boomtown built around the cattle industry. I'm generally fascinated by the history of America, uh, and so I was very excited on a recent American tour of mine to be able to drive to Dodge City to the Boot Hill Museum uh, and to meet the director, Lynn Johnson, who told me more about the history of the city, the story of Dora's colourful life, and the love triangle that led to her murder. So here we are on Easter Monday in Boot Hill Museum in Dodge City, Kansas. Uh, They've got a whole street of houses that are replicas built of how Dodge City would have been in the 1870s. And I'm sat with Lynn Johnson, the assistant director of Boot Hill Museum. And today we're going to talk about Dora Hand, also known as Fanny Keenan. We're going to talk about her life before I get into the song that we've written about her. So hi, Lynn. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm so excited. I've never been to Dodge City before. Welcome to Dodge City. It is. I got in last night. I drove in from Wichita, which felt sort of appropriate. I wasn't on a wagon, but uh, that would have been the trail, right? From, right, in, correct. From yep, Highway 50. Yeah, right. But I, I wanted to start very broad strokes for people who aren't super familiar with the history of this part of the world. So America in the 19th century and the place that, that Kansas sits in there. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, Dodge City, who became queen of the Cowtowns, actually started, was born on a barrel of whiskey is what we say. Okay. So following the Civil War, there was a lot of movement towards the West from those returning to the South who didn't have anything to return to, people from the North who also didn't have much to return to. They came West looking to make their fortunes and looking to make a life for themselves. At that time, the majority of the people living in the West were actually the Plains Indians who had been here for tens of thousands of years beforehand. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of settlement took place here in Dodge City on what was the Santa Fe Trail. That was the first uh, real movement in this area. Okay. Why here? Why is Dodge City here and what led to the growth of the town? Okay. So Fort Dodge was established in 1867 as a form of protection and an area of trade for um, those settling west. After the Santa Fe Trail uh, came not to be anymore, it was still a major travel route. Around 1872, it was kind of the perfect storm for the area. The soldiers were pretty bored out here, which included General Custer for a time. Uh, He set up a trade route between us, uh, Fort Dodge, and Fort Supply in Oklahoma. So the soldiers would get rather bored, and so they would drink a lot of whiskey. 
And so the commander of the fort decided there was to be no more whiskey on the military reservation. So they outlawed drinking basically within five miles of the fort. They knew the railroad was coming, which was going to bring a lot of railroad workers. They also knew that the buffalo trade was really taking off. So the killing of the buffalo, there were millions of buffalo in this Mm -hmm. area. So they decided that a town needed to be established away from Fort Dodge to draw the drinking of the railroad workers, the buffalo hunters, and the soldiers away from the fort. So it's very much based on drinking right, right from the word it is. go. It is. Yeah. Okay. So while this my was, kind of town. <laughs> while this was going on, there was a young man named George Hoover who came here from Canada, uh-huh. only belongings he had fit in his sack on his back, heard that they were going to establish a town in this approximate area, so he went to Kansas City and got a wagon full of whiskey and cigars, and then in June of 1872, literally came out and tied a rag to the wheel of his wagon at Fort Dodge. And by counting how many times that wheel went around, the rag went around the wheel, measured out five miles, set up a tent, started selling whiskey out of the back of his wagon. And that was the first business of Dodge City. That's amazing. So right from the word go, Dodge City is a kind of, it's a, it's a den of vice, should it we is. say. It is, it is. And then over the course of a few years, you, we'd have like tents and then kind of wooden buildings kind right. of starting to arise. Right. And saloons, presumably. So... Hoover had the first bar. The second bar in town was ran by a gentleman named Hoodoo Brown. I just like saying Hoodoo Brown, so it's I'll a throw that on. First name. <laughs> um, it wasn't. He came from Hayes, and so when they heard what was going on in Hayes, literally loaded up a freight wagon full of gamblers and girls and drove them down here from Hayes to Dodge wow. City. So, you know, we started with bars and it wasn't too far behind. And I always say in that wagon, somebody got to Dodge City without their money. I don't know if it was the gamblers and I don't know if it was the women. (laughs) One of them took their money away from the other. There's a kind of circular economy there. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay. So throughout the course of the 1870s, it grows very quickly. Very quickly. Yes. And there was a lot of transient people coming in and out. Um, the buffalo trade really supported Dodge City for those first two to three years. Mm-hmm. Yep. So then once the buffalo, the demise of the buffalo came, um, they pretty much wiped the species out. Yeah, hunted to extinction right. in, in, in very short order. Yes, I think I might say. yes. Yeah, very sad. Tragedy. Yeah. Yes. Um, following that, around 1874-5 area, um, the cattle trade coming up from Texas right. began. Well, and, and hence cowboys, correct? Right. So we have the, the Texas Longhorns, am I right in saying? Yes. So the whole sort of story of Dodge City, so it becomes this Sodom, den of sin <laughs> yes. kind of thing, and it has Very a huge reputation, so. not does. just in Kansas, but in the wider United States, I think right. I'm right in saying. It and was people, notorious. Yes, people, and yeah. I mean, in, in a funny way, still is. I mean, in yes. the sense that the overtones, when you say, even in England, when you say somebody Dodge City, there's certain <laughs> images that spring to mind, and they're, they're justified in the 1870s. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think it was the first year of Dodge City. We had a permanent population of around 700 people. Right. And there were 16 bars. (laughs) Wow. And then, of course, a huge transient population of people passing through. And something that's um, distinctive about that, too, is the amount of money people were making and the amount of money coming into Dodge City. It's... That's one of the facts that when, especially when you take an inflation calculator and mm. figure like the money coming in and out of town, the money that these people were making, but how quickly they were losing it. And most right. of the time, that's why they had to move on is because right. they had made the money, but you know, they heard about their mining silver out in Colorado or in Arizona. Yeah. And, so let's let's just pack up and move. And because then they're losing a lot of it at the gaming tables, presumably. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So into the midst of this decadence, 
Uh, there's obviously that we have the saloons, which will have live performances. We've got dancing girls um, uh, and singers. South of the tracks. South of the tracks, right. So, um, and, and I noticed this as I came in last night. It's still very much the case that sort of the main part of the city is just north of the railroad Correct. tracks, uh-huh. which are still there. The women who would have performed on stage here, presumably a lot of them are kind of occupying kind of a gray area, should we say? So the proper women in society were the businessmen's wives Mm -hmm. and they lived in what we called gospel ridge so we had front street which are the replicas we have now and since you know obviously boot hill there's a hill behind as you come into town you can see so the proper women and where the churches were being built and where the homes for those proper women were being built was behind front street that's called gospel ridge so Mm -hmm. they were the top of society Mm -hmm. so then you look at the women and like you said the performers being in a gray area um, there was like at least three levels in that gray area you could be. So the the singers, the performers in the saloons and dance halls mm-hmm. were kind of the top of that. Right. Um, they weren't necessarily accepted in society for what they did, but they were still not the bottom of Sure. And so then next you had the dance hall girls who basically were paid to dance with the men. Right. And then you had the soiled doves. What, sex right. workers, essentially. Right. Okay. So into the midst of all of this, and finally, we're on topic. <laughs> <laughs> we have the arrival of a woman uh, who got here in the mid-1870s uh, called yes. Dora Hand. Yes. So tell us what we know about the arrival of Dora Hand in Dora well, City. Dora was a very beautiful lady and grew up back east, was mm-hmm. formally trained as an opera singer mm-hmm. and was married and I believe from what we know had some problems with her husband. I believe he abandoned her. Right. And so then she was left to a lot of times when women were abandoned like that, they would have to go out and make a living and become mm-hmm. working class citizens. And so she did so by singing and performing. Mm-hmm. And she had a beautiful voice and was very well received and highly sought after her for her performances. Right. Then, and do we know why she came to Dodge specifically from the East Coast? Because Dodge City was the place to be. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Dora was not known here as Dora Hand, particularly, am I right in saying? She was known right. as Fanny Keenan. Right. Do we know, I mean, was she hiding, do we think? Or was she, uh, or just having a stage name for the reasons that people I have think, stage names? I think it was a little bit of both. Mm. Um, I know that she came here shortly before her murder she had actually sought to seek divorce from her husband right but i think a lot of that was just so he wouldn't find her especially if he found out she was making money and she was famous right which presumably somebody from kind of higher society back east might have issues with their wife being a performing singer in dodge city of all places her family too i think she came from a very nice family right and so is it boston i i I read that it was possible but it's it's not very clear am i right in saying right there's a lot that's not very clear uh about her life as far as i'm aware indeed we're not entirely sure when she was born Right. But she's in her 30s when she arrives here. She's, yes. she's not like a super young woman, at the, no. but certainly by the standards of the time. Um, but she becomes Im- immediately very popular. Very popular, yes. Yeah, she's yeah. a smash. Yes, sells yeah. out every night. You know, yeah. people are just standing room only. And she's, I think from my reading, um, she was at the, the Lady Gay Saloon and yes. the Alhambra Saloon would yes. have been. The, would she have been at other, the Long Branch as well? The Long Branch was north of the tracks, and so there ah. were no performances by women allowed north do of the Do we tracks. think that Dora, Dora, so she wouldn't have been allowed to perform north of the tracks, but right. do you think that she would have been welcome to sort of walk around north of the tracks. She She did walk around north of the tracks because she would perform at night and then was often seen early the next morning, often with a basket on her arm, 
because she was seeking those less fortunate. Right, and so that she had a reputation of being very charitable. Lady Bountiful, I think right. it was very her much so. Yeah. yeah, she always had food in her basket, toys for the kids. She would take care of those that were sick, less fortunate. This is unusual. This very period. unusual, yeah. yes. And the women of Gospel Ridge became angry at it because she kind of pointed out what they were lacking. They were supposed sure. to be the proper women taking and, care of those less and, fortunate. And the Christians, right? right? And she's out there being more and Christian And she was willing are. to go where they wouldn't. Right. I read that cowboys who'd like lost their saddle in a, in a gambling game and therefore couldn't work to get raise any money to right. sort of live, she would give, lend them money to buy a new saddle. Yes, yes. So she's very popular. Very popular. Both, both on the stage and off. Right. And therefore she becomes, uh, she is a desirable lady within yes. Dodge City. And yes. uh, she meets the mayor. Right. James Dog Kelly. Yes. Tell us about James Dog Kelly. Well, he was one of the first people to come to town. Mm -hmm. um, like many of the men, you know, they came here seeking a fortune and open a saloon. And he was very successful with his Beatty and Kelly. In fact, our restaurant that we have open here in the summer is the Beatty and Kelly. Right. Many of the business owners also did their civic duty by serving on city council, mayor, right. sheriff. And in fact, we have a ledger from the general store. It shows a month's worth of groceries for the Beatty and Kelly restaurant in February. So it was a slow month. Right was about $1,400 worth of groceries they bought from the general store. Which today is? Around 40000 Yeah, wow. So, <laughs> so he's a successful businessman. Very he's, successful, yeah. So he's a man about town, Dora's a lady about town, yes. and they become romantically linked. We believe so. It was never actually said, but right. one could be led to believe that's what happened. Right, so the, the, the rumor, the word on the street is right. that the mayor... And Dora. I think he made it known what his intentions were, but I right. don't know if she was quite receiving of them. Okay, so we're not sure, but I mean, right. certainly they're romantically linked. And yeah. I get the impression from what I've read that Mayor Kelly was letting Staking it be his known. Claim. Yeah, yeah, letting it be known yeah. that, that if anybody was going to hook up with Dora, it was right. going to be him. Back off. Man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so into the story, we have Jim Spike Kennedy, yes. or Spike Kennedy, yes. um, who comes from Texas. Right. Um, so tell us about Spike Kennedy. Well, he was a, a cowboy that came up on on the trail, but his father was one of the cattle barons in Texas. Mifflin Kennedy. Yes. I love the name Mifflin. Yes. What a wonderful name. And so he was well known. He was kind of, you know, one of those, what we would call today a trust fund baby. I think. <laughs> He's a trustafarian <laughs> cowboy. Right, right. So he pretty much got his way. Yeah. He'd gotten crossways with Kelly, I believe from an altercation that took place in Kelly's bar. And so he was rather angry at the mayor. He felt like uh, he was using his position of power to get his way by right. meeting he was the mayor and he owned the bar. And so, yeah, I know. think I'm right in saying that, that Kelly actually like beat him up. Right. And, and slapped him around and kicked yes. him out of the bar at one yes. point. Yeah. And so um, because of honor being such an important part of the society, then, right. you know, if you got slapped around, you had to do something about it. Exactly. But there's another layer to this, which is that, as far as I understand it, Spike Kennedy also had feelings for Dora. Yes. I believe there was some jealousy there, too. Yeah, so he was And seen... I believe that might have been what started the altercation to begin with. Right, okay. So, yeah. so Dora's on stage, Spike Kennedy's in the front row, drinking whiskey, <laughs> drowning in sorrows, sorrows and, and Mayor Kelly is kind of sitting at the bar, surveying the scene, perhaps right. feeling like the big man. Yes. And then he gets into a fight with Spike Kennedy. Can you imagine how much testosterone was around in oh, those goodness. days? Oh, goodness. Can yeah. you imagine? Well, and, and, <laughs> and as you say, with that sort of culture that's very much kind of like a, about, yeah, sort of honor and, and reputation and sort of family and all that kind of thing. So yeah. there's a huge amount of tension here between yes. the mayor, who's a self-made man, who is in his city that he's helped build and he's the guy. And then there's this trust 
fund cowboy. I love that expression. He's a trust fund cowboy <laughs> that's come up and is making eyes at his lady. There's huge amount of tension here, and the scene is set for a disaster, a yes, tragedy, I should say. Yes. Yeah. So tell us about the catastrophe. Well, we call it Dodge City's first drive-by, actually. It was a oh, ride-by. Really? <laughs> <laughs> a ride-by. Um, so Kennedy, in the middle of the night to get back at Kelly, decided to ride by his house and shoot his gun into the house. And it was a, a little two-room house, mm-hmm. um, not knowing that the mayor wasn't there, that the mayor was out, actually out at Fort Dodge. And the mayor had lent his home to Dora and, his, and her friend Franny. Right. So Franny was sleeping in the front room and Dora was sleeping in the back room. And so the shots, I believe there were four shots fired into the home. One of them actually missed Franny by mere inches, went through the blanket on Mm -hmm. top of her. Um, One of the shots actually uh, hit Dora and killed her instantly. This is incidentally why I decided I had to write a song about this as I was reading this, and it's, it's Shakespearean. Yes. You know, Spike Kennedy accidentally kills the object of his affections, and right. he doesn't know that he's he done it. He doesn't know. He yeah. has no idea. So he fires his gun in the dark, assumes that he's killed his rival. Right. And then he hightails it. Yes. Well, he bought a racehorse, I think I'm right yeah. in saying. Yeah. yeah. So he yeah. was, this was premeditated. Yes, it yeah. was. And, yeah. and he, he, so he, he, he rides out of town, and he's heading for his dad's ranch in Texas. Right. Right. Where he will be protected by money. Right. And then what happens? Well, that night when Franny awakens and, and realizes what happened to her friend mm-hmm. Dora, uh, she alerts the authorities. And at that time, the city marshal was James Masterson. He formed what became known as the Vigilance Committee. And so the assistant city marshal at that time was none other than Wyatt Earp. The famous Wyatt Earp. Yes. Yeah. Who only served as assistant marshal. He was never actually city marshal mm-hmm. or sheriff. Um, but he had such a large presence. He he received the same pay as the city marshal. He right. was respected as as mm-hmm. well as. And he he has the reputation. Him and Batmasterson particularly have the reputation of being the two men who kind of tamed Dodge City, right? And 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 indeed Tombstone and, and tamed the West. But Bat's an interesting character there because he definitely skirted on both sides of the law. Like right. him and Mayor Webster <laughs> literally stuck their guns in each other's face on Front Street. Wow. Okay. So so, he's, so, so there's, a, yeah, there's it's there's, not quite as cut yeah, and dry. Yeah. There's definitely a gray area there with Bat. But and, at this time, after the kill. After his brother Ed was killed in the line of duty, yeah. Bat sort of devoted himself to, as a lawman. As a lawman. And so they were seeking revenge for the killing of Dora. And so they. And, form- and it's interesting, you see, use the word revenge there. I mean, presumably, on paper at least, they are going right. to arrest a suspect right. in a murder case. Right. But it's the vigilantes, you know. Um, right. So it's, there's, it's pretty kind of unclear, it's pretty hazy as to where the right. line of kind of law and revenge kind of fills in. Now. Right, absolutely. And so they set out. And so it was Bat Masterson, Wyatt or Bill Tillman, I believe Sheriff Bassett was with them, right. Charlie Bassett, um, sort of like the dream team. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I must admit, actually, when I was writing the song, I didn't know who was in the posse. Right. And so I didn't mention it in the song. And I kind of wish I had done, because right. if you get wired up and Batmaster into right. a song, you're in, in the money. Yeah. <laughs> and so they, they set out um, heading south out of Dodge towards right. Texas. And they're um, on the trail of Spike Kennedy. Yes. Mm. Um, they found him kind of the line now that's Clark County, Meade County, which I'll just add in there. We were speaking earlier about what really makes these stories real and what makes these people mm. human is around the area that they actually caught up with James Kennedy and apprehended him is the area that I actually live today. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they actually apprehended him, actually shot him in the arm and wounded him. Right. 
And it was then that he found out who he'd actually killed. It wasn't the mayor that he killed, that he actually killed Dora. Which is, again, it's a moment of high Shakespearean drama. It is, it is. And he was heartbroken, I think I'm right. Devastated when yeah. he found out actually what happened. And I think he would have probably continued to fight them, bringing him back in until he found out what he had done. And right. it, it kind of defeated him, deflated him. And I read in my research, reading my <laughs> book about Dodge City, that he sort of said to Bat Marston, like, you should have aimed better and killed right, me. Right, right. He wished they would have just killed him when he yeah, found out what he had he done. Fa- right. So he, and so he gets brought back into town, put into the Dodge City jail. Yes. The posse then forms a guard around him because right. there's a lynching coming. Oh, yes. The town was devastated. They were heartbroken. Because she was so popular. Yes. Right, uh, yeah. so he's now the public enemy number one. Right. And li- lynchings were pretty common at this point in oh, time, Oh, yeah, right? definitely. Yep, yep. There was the hangman's tree that was northeast of town that oh, wow. I don't know how many people, even before like, a trial could take place, people would find him and just hang him and say. But then, of course, the, the whole struggle is to sort of try and get the rule of law and due process and all <laughs> right, this kind of right. thing in place. Right. But so, um, and then in the meantime, while, but while he's awaiting trial, we have Dora's funeral. Yes. Now, this is something that is, we don't really know for sure if there was a funeral here in town. We don't oh, okay. know for sure where Dora's buried. Really? Yes. Okay. Um, we know for sure she was not buried on Boot Hill. Because Boot, Boot Hill was a cemetery. Right. So-called because people died with their boots on, so right. gunfighters and all the rest of it, right? But it was moved, was it not? As, right. When, as the town started growing. So the Boot Hill Cemetery was set up for those who you either didn't know who they were or they didn't have means to have a proper burial. Right. Um, up until... Prairie Grove Cemetery was formed in Dodge City. If you were one of those people, you would either be taken back east to where your family was mm-hmm. or you would be buried at Fort Dodge. Okay. If you didn't have money, if, you, if they didn't know who you were or you weren't respected in society, you were just put up on Boot Hill. Right. When Prairie Grove Cemetery was founded and it sat kind of what would be in the middle of town now, mm-hmm. um, all the bodies that they knew of were removed from Boot Hill. I always say that. The bodies we know of have been removed from right. where we're sitting now. But there would be other people who are not known. Right, who right. Are, who because are still underneath us the as marking, we speak. The markers, they would get washed away. They were wood. You know, they yeah, were just yeah. rough crosses made out of yeah. limbs. So, so, so we, I, that's interesting because right. we don't know that Dora, where Dora know. is buried. Because I, I heard that her funeral was a huge event in the city. of. I, I think they really mourned her. Right. But some believe that maybe her family or her husband actually had her body shipped back east. Hmm. Okay. So we don't know where Dora is at. That's, that's fascinating. Yes. I'd sort of assumed that she was around here somewhere. Right. And she might be. She might be. But we, but but we there's don't know. Really, it, that's something that we're kind of lacking in our records, is right. exactly what happened to her. But then we have the final act of the tragedy, <laughs> uh, which is what happens to Smite Kennedy. Well, Daddy comes to town. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mifflin. <they're> <laughs> I want to say that again. Mifflin. <laughs> <laughs> so judges in that time, Dodge City did not have a full-time judge. There was kind of a district judge. And they had some people that would act as judge in town. But as far as like the big cases like this, a district judge, they would have to wait days, sometimes weeks, for a judge to actually come to town. And so if they had somebody in holding, such as James Kennedy, mm. he would be held until the judge could come to town. Um, so by the time that the judge got to Dodge City was around the time that his father came to town with some of his right-hand men from Texas. Sure. Um, they took the judge into chambers behind closed doors. Nobody knows what happened exactly inside there. <laughs> Except that Spike Kennedy didn't go to jail. That's right. When right. the doors opened, he was free to leave as long as he went to Texas and never came back again. And this sort of goes to the heart of like all of the kind of mythology and history of the, of the West, of the frontier, right. is it's this battle between the rule of law and kind of uh, more anarchic versions of society. Right. 
Right. And you know, you could kill somebody dead, but if, if he was reaching for his gun, it was self-defense and you would get off scot-free. Right. And, and quite often, you know, the, 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 the process of justice was very quick, right? Right. You know, very quick. Yes. Yeah. You'd sort of like show up at the sheriff's office and be like, well, he reached for his gun. Yeah. And it's like, cool. No worries. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was, it's crazy to think. Yeah. So Dora's death is on, I mean, avenged, I suppose, you right. know, I mean, it, Spike Kennedy gets shot, I suppose, but, right. but, but he, he goes free and it's, uh, and, and she, uh, fades into the mists of history, should right. we say. It's, it's fascinating to me because as a kid, I mean, anywhere in the world because of American cultural dominance and certainly in the West, you know, you grow up with cowboys and Indians and the, and the wild West and the frontier right. and all this kind of thing. And, um, as I've grown up, I've kind of you know, I've tried to learn more about the actual reality of all of that. And right. the way that I came across this story is I was reading a book about the frontier and it sort of mentioned the story of Dora Hand being shot by her sort of um, admirer in the bed of her lover and all this kind of thing. And I, I thought to myself, my God, this has to be a song. <laughs> like, how, how has no one written about this before? Um, but it's, it's, it's fascinating to me to kind of actually learn the real history um, and, and the actual real issues about kind of law enforcement, the rule of law and this kind of thing, and the right. role of women um, in this society. Because Dora's kind of interesting to me because she's a woman who we know by name, or at least by some of her names. Right. <laughs> um, and this period of history um who i think you know had a degree of respect in that society at a time when when uh you know people weren't necessarily right. the sexes were not all that equal i and one part of her story we kind of skipped over was she was the only dance hall girl performer that was invited to sing at church really the pastor invited her to church to the saturday evening service and he okay. said it was a packed house. It was the fullest he'd ever seen the church because so they all came to hear her sing. Amazing. Two hours later, she was down in the Lady Gay performing. I love this idea that there, <laughs> I, there's this sort of like um, tension between high society and Dora's right. role, you know, and right. they're sort of like they're outwardly kind of being slightly snobbish towards her, but then they're packing in to see her sing as well. Right, right. And, and you know, the pastor loved it because a lot of those cowboys that would have never come to church otherwise, right. she brought them in. So we're here in the Boot Hill Museum, and as I mentioned earlier, it's, as you were telling me, it's a, a sort of reconstruction right. of Front Street from the 1870s. Right. So this would have been a very familiar kind of site to Dora. This is, would have been right. where, where she uh, would be. And right now we're actually sat in a recreation of the Long Branch Saloon, Yes. which would have been a place she performed. There was actually a stage in the Long Branch Saloon. Oh, okay. So and this is set, a composite. Right, and it's set north of the tracks. Right. So there would have been music in the Long Branch, but not by a female. There are rumors and suggestions of ghostly There presences. are some that believe that Dora is probably here listening to us now. I love that suggestion. Yes. Um, there Hi, Dora. Are, <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, because there is performing here, and because we do, in the summer, have our Long Branch variety show. So nightly from Memorial Day until Labor Day. We have the Long Branch Variety Show with Miss Kitty, the Can Can Girls, uh -huh. um, bartenders. We put that on I every would, night. I would love to come and visit that. Yes, you I, should. I absolutely should. I mean, yes. as I said, this is my first visit to Dodge City, and it won't be my last. Oh, um, that's great. But so, so, um, and in in a moment or two, um, hopefully, I'm going to play the song that I've written for Dora in the bar, and hopefully, she's. And you're going to be playing it for Dora. Yeah, absolutely. I don't want to try and sound overly worthy here because it's not really appropriate. <laughs> but part of my idea with this record that I've made is to try and recover from the the mists of forgetting some of these people and right. mention their name again, and and hopefully on the back of this podcast and this song, more people will know the name. Oh, of Dora absolutely! Hand. I think she deserves it. 
you don't hear many stories about women in Dodge City, but right. I think she is the most popular story of a woman. Yeah. And I think somebody that is worthy of being known. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, but when you say Dodge City, people say White Earth and Batmas and Doc right. Holliday. And it's a very, as you were saying, very male, very testosterone kind of driven society. Absolutely. But of course, that's not the whole story. No, there's much more to it. Well, should we sing a song for Dora? Absolutely. Okay, are you ready? Let's give this a try. Dora, this one's for you. Dora Ham was a singer in the New York Operetta, born into Boston, old money and Paris train. Dressed in black, she was a classic beauty, because with constitution sickly, she ventured west to breathe the fresh air on the plains. She ended up down in Dodge City Was a cow town, dry and ugly She hit her past, took Fanny Keenan for her name Took the stage as a vaudeville singer The Lady Gay and the Alhambra The cowboys loved her And she quickly rose to fame To sing a song, boys, adore her she brought a little beauty to this hard and barren land Doff your caps, boys, though save the damn Fedora hand Now to the Dodge folks, she was an angel They called her Lady Bountiful by day A queen of fairy bells by night She was bringing in good money So she gave plenty to the needy, she sure could sing, but she sure knew her wrong pride. Now, lovely Dora, she took the fancy of that mayor, James Doug Kelly. Like many a man before him, he was sad to say that their door is a beautiful creature. She gives men a strange nostalgia, dreams of finer things and better days. She'll sing a song, boy. She brought a little beauty to this hard and barren land Dream a dream, boys, of a promised land Adorahan When our young Spike Kennedy came up from Texas on a rolling They caught up with young Spike Kennedy His daddy bought him free Even though he confessed 
Old Dodge City wept for Dora Every bar closed as they buried her Four hundred cowboys rode her to her rest Sing along, boys, with the funeral band We won't see her like again in this hard and barren land Wave her off, boys, to no man's land Door hand Our door hand So there it was and back here in the studio I can say that that was a wonderful experience being in Dodge City making that podcast episode and I'd like to say thank you to Lynn Johnson from the Boot Hill Museum in Dodge City for talking to me about Dora Hand. I really felt like um, a character that I'd read about in a book came to life for me there and to be in the place where she died uh, and to hear more about her story and learn more and learn what the errors that I'd made in my own research uh, was a really wonderful experience for me. I hope you all enjoyed the episode. Uh, you can subscribe uh, and leave reviews for the podcast, which uh, really, really helps get the word out there. So please, wherever you do get your podcast, click subscribe and leave a review. You can pre-order my album No Man's Land now and you can find the song The Death of Dora Hand wherever you get your music. In the next episode, I'm going to Southwark in London, uh, near the River Thames, uh, to a site that's said to be haunted by the ghosts of the women who are buried there, the graveyard of the outcast dead. This episode of Tales from No Man's Land was produced by Hayley Clark. The executive producer was Peggy Sutton. And additional production work was done by Paul Smith, Steve Ackerman, Josh Gibbs, and Charlie Caplow. Tales from No Man's Land is produced by me, Frank Turner, Extra Mile Recordings, and something else. <laughs>